Welcome back to the Kings of the North podcast. It has been a crazy first few weeks in the NFL season, especially in the NFL North. We have two 3-0 teams in the North, the Packers and the Bears, both holding strong at 3-0. A shocker, we got the Vikings at 0-3 at the bottom of the division, and then we got the Lions sitting there at 1-2. Nick P, what is good, man? Here we are, going into week four of the NFL season, a quarter of the way through it, and all Man, we got games getting rescheduled. Like just now, today, we got the Titans and the Steelers. We got now we got the Chiefs and we got the Chiefs game too with the Chiefs in the pack. Yeah, what's going on, man? Yeah, man. Oh, like I think the NFL is finally um, having to deal with some adversity when it, where it comes to the Corona. And, and honestly, baseball had this. Remember that? Yeah. When baseball first came back, I mean, you had the St. Louis Cardinals got ravaged by it, which is kind of similar to what's happening with the Titans. And you had some other teams getting sick and, and they had to kind of like step back a little bit and say, okay, whoa, 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 what are we going to do? Right. What are your I think it was, on, I think, I think the know, Marlins was another team that got hit pretty hard by it in baseball. Yeah. 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 So I'm just wondering man like where where do we go from here you know here we are where they're already rescheduling some games now now they're hoping for the best for this Chiefs game right are they gonna play you know are they gonna play Tuesday night really you know one more one more player gets sick I mean I don't know that could be it so yeah. Titans think- here we are with the Titans had multiple more players like testing positive today right. their week five could be in jeopardy right what are your thoughts on that yeah man it's a lot and I think there's a lot of variables to like how how stuff could go because like eventually if, if enough players on any one team or in any organization kind of like what's happening with the titans if if that happens to the to the pats then we could easily see you know no team you know like the chiefs would want to travel into that kind of situation or put their players in harm's way so uh, we could definitely see some like some some ripples in, in effects that are that are kind of like a longer impact but i just think about like the the whole sports world as a whole they've all handled it a little differently like baseball jumped right in and was doing you know like the games and didn't try to do any bubbling or at all nba obviously did the bubble which you know at first was like the biggest talking point but we also have seen so far that it's gone really really well players you know, who have gotten sick have have not been able to join the bubble. And then once they're they're past their their point where they're they're done with their quarantine that that's mandatory, then they can come and join the bubble and, and they're kind of kept away from everyone. And that's gone really well. And the NBA's had a lot of success there. But then in the NFL and MLB, they've got all these rules and stuff, but then players are still getting sick because, you know, for the most part, they're still kind of living a semi-regular life. So it's like, well, I, I think that what we've seen so far is probably going to keep happening. We'll just see more instances of it. Games will get postponed. It's going to mess with bye weeks. It's going to mess pretty heavily with fantasy, which we've already seen a bunch of bullshit with that so far. And it's only, you know, a few weeks in. But I highly doubt that they cancel the season. I'm willing to bet that there will be a full number of games played by each team one way or another. The NFL will figure out a creative way to do it. And we might just see more, you know, Monday or Tuesday games or even some some extra Thursday night games or whatever's going to end up happening. I just I just do not foresee unless it gets really, really rampant, not a control that the NFL will do anything too drastic. Yeah, I mean, and even speaking of bubbles, hockey as well. Right. They just crowned a champ. Right. I think I think there's a, there's plenty to be learned across all these different sports on how to make it work. I'm with you. I don't I highly doubt they cancel the season. If anything, they they had spoke about 
about doing some pauses, mm-hmm. right? Maybe they pause for a week to allow things to kind of calm down or whatever it may be. And I think that they go, they don't even go to the pause unless it's rampant, like you talked about. I think yeah. they're going to try to continue to do what they've been doing, continue to be, they may have to be even more proactive with their testing measures and contract tracing. And maybe maybe the idea of the fans in the stands was a really bad idea. Yeah, man, I definitely agree. I think certain teams doing, you know, a limited number of fans, others doing none, certain teams allowing people to, people in the personnel department to do different things. Like, I think there just needs to be a standardized way that the NFL uh, handles it. And then we'll see a little bit more uniformity in, in like cases and stuff like that. But while they're still kind of letting each team determine within the scope of like some pretty stringent rules about like playing games and stuff, they let them determine how they handle things in the meantime. That's going to be kind of hard to, to track everything and, and be as cautious as possible. Uh, but yeah, I agree, man. I, I, I could see us doing some pauses and, and games being postponed for two to three weeks here or there. And then they just kind of get back into it with a adjusted schedule. The NFL, man, they like their money. So I highly doubt that these owners are going to, and, and, the, and the league itself is going to allow for like all of that revenue to be lost because you know even when we were talking about it in our in our group you know somebody mentioned like yeah every game counts more in the nfl and and from our perspective as fans every game does count huge playoff implications when you have such a small number of games in each year but and then fantasy is another consideration but think about how much every game means monetarily for the league and for all these companies who are doing you know advertising contracts for the tv stations and, and all these networks that are doing deals with the nfl sports you know like sports apparel companies all that stuff like they're not going to want to miss out on a single game's worth of revenue, so they'll figure it out. It's crazy. You mentioned fantasy football. I think that's a big one because obviously everybody has their allegiances, right? Here on the Kings of the North podcast, we talk about the NFC North and, and the NFC quite a bit, a little bit on fantasy, but fantasy is a big part of what we do too. And fantasy is a big part of the NFL fan experience. Yeah, um, A lot of casual fans are have Clyde Edwards-Alaire on their fantasy team or Patrick Mahomes or Kelsey or Cam Newton. Yeah. Cam Newton testing positive today, one of the best players in the NFL, right? Like an icon in the league. We talked about that kind of earlier in the pod a couple weeks back where we're like, man, what's going to happen when a star player gets it, right? When a star quarterback gets it, and now it's happened. Right. Cam Newton, not going to play. What if it's Mahomes? What if it's an Aaron Rodgers? What if, you know, what if it's one of those NFC North quarterbacks? I just, it blows me away to think about that. But then from a fantasy perspective, shit, you got what, Connor sitting? Yep. You, ha- you got a couple guys sitting this week and then you got guys that got Derrick Henry sitting and Juju who else I mean you got who else yeah. is not playing that's right. for, uh, Tyreek Hill people who are owning Tyreek Hill um, yes so yeah, there's got- just a lot of a lot of people out here that are scrambling and thinking about what they're gonna do I would say this if they're right now they're trying to play Tuesday right right so if if that happens that's best case scenario I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen, but my advice to any fantasy player, if you have one of those players, you need to be prepared, right? Like you have to have backup options. If you don't already have it, look at that Monday night game, the Packers and Atlanta game. That's a good game to look at players that could potentially you could plug in on a Monday night. If yep. they decide to like pull the plug, throw one of those players in because you know they're going to score some points. Yeah. Start thinking ahead a little bit because you don't want to be sitting there on a Tuesday if they're going to count those points from a fantasy perspective in week four and now you gotta you gotta goose egg no that's that's a really good point and you know on my team i have james connor 
you know, which is he's one of my best running backs for sure. And then I have Tyreek Hill, you know, and he's yeah, see? He's, he's one of my my top two wideouts. Him and I have Julio Jones, but he's been injured. So as soon as I heard the news and have kind of seen like this whole thing go down, especially with what we just saw from the previous game with the with the Titans and everything, and them just moving in the Steelers and Titans just moving their bye weeks. What I what I did was I immediately went in and took Tyreek Hill out of my lineup and I plugged in Terry McLaurin. So like I've I luckily have some good depth on my squad. So I have people that I can plug in and, and do that with. But at the same time, there's no replacing, you know, uh, a starting top 10, 15 running back or a starting top 10, you know, wide out, especially if you don't replace them. And then now the game doesn't happen and you're screwed out of, you know, potentially 20 to 40 yeah. points. <laughs> like that would be terrible. Right. So you got to be terrible. Oh, it's, man. You know, yeah. So be prepared. That That's yep. basically what we're telling our fantasy people out there is really just be prepared. I know going into this season as a committee. Ish. I was like, man, we got to, you know, like our league, we, we cut the league dues down this year in mm-hmm. half just because um, the other half are going to go to charity. We also increased the bench by two players and we added an IR spot. Right. Um, and, and that's something we've never done. So that's basically three extra players that we get to work with. So if you got somebody on IR, boom, go ahead, throw them there if you need to. If you get somebody put on a COVID list and you don't have somebody on IR, put them on an IR spot, right? Yep. yep. Um, but man, Make use of those two extra bench spots and and be ready because it I, the the unknown that's that's basically every week's gonna be like this and thankfully no Vikings have tested positive and they played the Titans last week no that's that's really huge and um you know obviously with us being so focused on the North we've got a lot of friends and, and people who are part of the groups that we operate in from a from a sports perspective who are huge Vikings fans and I'm no I know they're probably real happy to hear that yeah because that could have been another game impacted right yeah now think of now like Cooks, you know? are playing, right? Like, right. oh, a Viking player tested positive. Now it's like, oh, shit. Now the Texans and Vikings aren't playing. The domino right. effect of that shit, that, that would be horrible. Yeah, because that's a whole other team that's then impacted by the Vikings <laughs> schedule. So now we go from two teams to four just from to one four, game. you know, and then all the yep. players on all those teams across fantasy, so... Yep, it's crazy, man. Man, we got to be ready. You got to be prepared. Be patient, right? Like, don't freak out all the time. Like, kind of wait and see what's going to happen. But at least have a backup plan ready just yeah. in case your, your your squad doesn't doesn't play. Three weeks in, Nick P, biggest surprise so far from you, whether it's the Packers or the North in general, man. What's, what's the biggest surprise in the first three weeks of the season for you? Yeah, I've got I've got two. Um, I'll do one for the Packers particularly, um, and then I'll do one for kind of like our division as a whole. For the Packers, man, Alan Lazard obviously has been a, a, a really pleasant surprise. He just had a career game. Then obviously on the flip side, he has the injury. So that's crazy. Um, it's been awesome to see him kind of show that he has real number two uh, potential and he, Tay out, had a really good game. So that's awesome. He's been a pleasant surprise for me on our team. And then for the division as a whole man the Chicago Bears have been a surprise and it's it's obviously like if you look at every meaningful stat and you look at the way that they've kind of gotten to their three and0 start I am not the most confident that their success will continue by any means and, and I'm not a Bears fan at all as you know so you know I'm, I'm definitely waiting for them to fuck it all up and and, and and lose in spectacular fashion to somebody they should beat but uh, it's just crazy like any given Sunday is the phrase right and and they're all professional athletes and all it takes is one you know Nick Foles 
sub in and, and a couple of big plays with him and Allen Robinson and then all and Anthony Miller and all of a sudden boom you erase a huge deficit and you beat beat the Falcons a team who was crushing you through the first three quarters of the game so uh, that's been a that's been a crazy surprise for me as the Bears it's funny too because going into that people are like man we we talked about on the pod like how short is Mitch's leash right right like well a couple weeks leash that that's what it was yeah no right yeah <laughs> it was a couple weeks like they were just <laughs> Like, I don't, I think they were just similar, like, looking for a reason, right? Like, I, I think yeah. it was like, all right, we're going to give them the start. But I, in the back of their mind, I think they kind of knew because I don't know, man, that game. He wasn't really doing that bad. He wasn't the only reason in that particular game that they were losing. No, um, it was like, um, there was bad. that one yeah, pick, like, but it was like, when do you pull a quarterback for just a pick? You really don't. Like, yeah. You got to like kind of ride it a little bit. But that's, I, I think they wanted, they wanted to move to Nick and if they get, if they get consistent quarterback play, and, and we've talked about this on the podcast as well, the Bears are going to be legit. I mean, the defense is is going to always be be respected out there, and they're always going to field a decent defense. They got some good skill players. They lost Tariq Hill a little bit. They're still struggling to establish the run, but but they're winning. Like you, you mentioned, they're they're finding ways to win. So yeah. when you're three and zero, you're three and zero. And that's the thing: winning cures all ails, right? Like if you yeah. if you win in sports, then that kind of you know, some of those problems just become smaller in people's minds. And obviously, like they've they've struggled in every phase of the game, different parts of each game. Like their their defense has struggled a couple of times, specifically against the Falcons. Their offense has struggled basically off and on the whole time, besides Mitch making that huge rally comeback in week one and then Nick Foles doing it in week three. So they they do have weapons though on both sides of the ball. They have talented, skilled players. And like you said, their defense is always gonna be respected, especially, you know, right now while they still have the players that they have. So I just think uh it's just funny to me because I don't think either Nick Foles or Mitchell Trubisky is, is really that good. They're different kinds of players. You know, Mitch is, is more athletic. He can do some of like the wildcat direct snap, you know, RPO stuff that, that Nagy likes to do. You know, then you've got Foles who can actually throw the ball pretty well. And he's proven himself to be a legitimate threat in the air throughout different parts of his career to, to people like Robinson and Miller that they have. So I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a weird, they're in a really weird situation. And I think it'll probably take us till, you know, like the midway point through the season to really understand understand who the Bears are. They're doing, if, if nothing else, they're generating headlines and, and causing causing us to get up here along with everyone else and talk about it. So I'm, I'm here for the ride. I want to observe and watch. Hey, and I know the fans got to be happy, man. 3-0 and is 3-0. and Oh, hell yeah. That's, right? You can't ask for a better start, man. <laughs> In the NFL, that I, that's all you can ask for. 3-0 and is 3-0. and What about the biggest disappointment for you? Yeah, man. I would say the biggest disappointment, and this this is going to come. I, I'm not really disappointed in anybody on the Packers side. Um, I'm I'm pretty happy with our team, so I don't have a huge disappointment for the Packers. I would say my biggest disappointment in the league, in fantasy, and everything comes down to one person, and it sucks to say it, Drew Brees, man. I am disappointed in Drew Brees, and and that might be a surprising pick for you, but you you got to remember in our fantasy league, I drafted Michael Thomas first with my first pick sixth pick overall in the draft you know that was kind of like that first pick where I felt like I could go wide receiver instead of running back and it was specifically because Michael Thomas was there and you know I've obviously grown to regret that and I've done some good trading to get away from that pick but you know first game of the year I was so excited he, he set all these records last year and then Drew barely even targeted him he had three catches for like 30 yards they weren't throwing the ball downfield at all and I was just like okay maybe this is one game then he's injured and then I watched them just repeatedly so far throughout the year even against the Packers like they just were not making huge downfield plays they weren't making huge downfield throws um, and then there's all this this talk about just 
Drew even still have the arm. You look at his stats, he's averaging over the last few years, it's steadily gone down, like the least depth of, of targets down the field by any quarterback um, by far. And it's just like, man, that's that's really disappointing because he he decided to stay another year and, and not retire. And then he's he's not really, you know, doing anything dynamic for his team to be successful. So because of the Michael Thomas pick and also because the Saints are an incredibly talented team and should be like running through people, but they're struggling. I, I think Drew Brees is disappointing so far. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, definitely, definitely disappointing in a sense. But I will tell you as a Kamara owner, I love it. <laughs> I, was, I knew you were going to come with that, too. <laughs> Broham got a 30% target share. <laughs> Dude, it's ridiculous how his volume, him and him and Sanders, and those are your two running backs, right? <laughs> yeah. That's so ridiculous. Yeah, I, I looked up at it and it was 31% target share uh after week three. And I was like, wow, that's incredible for a running back. Insane, He's basically man. their RB1 and their wide receiver one right now. <laughs> right. And it's it's funny because last year when when Devontae went down, that's kind of what happened with Aaron Jones was yep. he just kind of stepped into an extra like 15% of the target share and then he was already used in the pass game pretty heavily so that was crazy for him but now you've got Camaro who was already like one of the more you know dynamically used running backs and he just becomes Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara in one person so it's just been nuts yeah I know you've been happy just last week <laughs> <laughs> that's insane and then he's gonna run 15 to 20 times anyways like I know but then we had to watch him running and like zigzagging on our Packers you know who can't yeah, he, seem to tackle right now so. <laughs> we missed all five tackles on his touchdown that was yeah. nuts Everybody i mean that, that, i would that that kind of segue perfect into a disappointment that i have and and that's literally the defense for the green bay pack yeah coming in i, I was excited about christian kirksey he's been trash yeah like he hasn't been good i mean one of the worst linebackers in coverage in the nfl right now he came in with injury concerns and he's injured right now right so it's like yeah. oh there we go. Go right. figure an injured player gets injured. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's tough, man. Funny how that happens, right? Like, it's just like, he do, he, he yeah. So, that's disappointing. And then you add in losing Kenny Clark at, within a quarter, basically, of football. So, the run defense just hasn't been good. That defense just hasn't been holding up its, its end of the deal. And honestly, a surprise for me, I, I expected the Packers offense to – be better. I hadn't expected to be the best, like in the NFL. Better. Yeah, it's been insane. Um, right. I would start leading the league in scoring. Like I didn't, I didn't see that part of it, right? Like I yeah. knew they would get better. It's year two in the system. I expect wide receivers to take a jump in year three. So the young guys, um, I expected them to take a jump. And I said this to people, I expected Aaron Rodgers to play at an MVP level this year. We're seeing that, but I ain't expect 40 something points a game good, bro. No, that's that's crazy. And, and as Packer fans, obviously we're both ecstatic about it. I think that there's something to be said for, you know, we got to remember it's a small sample size, but like you said, this is a historic start. This is one of the best three game spans in the history of the Packers organization and then the NFL as a whole too when you look at all of the stats you know like a quarterback's passer rating and QBR points per game the efficiency you know the balance of run and pass it's been it's been pretty special but yeah man our, our, our offense is humming Rodgers looks comfortable all of our skill players from Aaron Jones to Devontae Adams to even guys like Robert Tanyan to a lesser extent um, Jamal Williams everybody just looks so comfortable and they look dynamic and explosive and excited it's just great man it's it's fun to see i'm just i'm hoping they keep this up because you know we we're through and we're through the tougher part of our schedule now too statistically which is nuts yeah i was looking at that we we 
our schedule our schedule definitely does lighten up a little bit. The injuries continue to mount for us. Right. What are your thoughts on the impact of losing a guy like Alan Lazar, who, I mean, he came out the start of the season and, and basically shown he's definitely a wide receiver too. Yeah. Think about this. If you took away his name, right, because now he's he went undrafted and, you know, they look at these guys weird, right? Let's right. just say that Michael Pittman or one of these other wide receivers that came out this year done what Alan Lazard did this year. How would they be talking about that wide receiver? Oh, they'd be talking about him like Maybe like the next star has been found and right like, they'd be yeah, like they'd be they'd be they'd talking be about him like the they train, talk about right? Calvin Ridley or you Yes. Know, the thing is he goes undrafted. They completely forget that he was amazing in college for some reason. I don't know why he was undrafted. I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah, I don't know. You I look, look at him, he's he's not like he's not he's not fast, he's not slow. He's huge though. He's smart, he's strong, he blocks. You like I he runs great routes. Like I'm just like, how did he go undrafted. Yeah, I'll have to kind of look into his draft profile a little bit. I did look at his stats and he was awesome in college. I think the biggest yeah. knock on him was they didn't think he was fast enough. Right. Like that's okay. the only thing I could think that would that would be that big of a determiner in his his getting drafted is that his, you know, you'd look at it but he has field speed though and we've seen it. He does. So, that's what's so weird. Like That's what I'm saying. I'm, he's not fast by any means, but right. he's not slow. No, right? Like he, When you watch him playing, he's getting separation. He's been a huge part of why that Packers run game is one, also one of the best in the NFL. He's an incredible blocker, man. That incredible. dude, be in, he be laying the wood out there. So He's I think nasty. they're going to miss that a yeah. ton. I'd I, I be anxious to see how, you know, they're talking four to six weeks for him. Core injuries are typically pretty long recoveries. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to expect him back quick. I'll just say that. I don't, I just and don't know. I when mean, he comes back, will he have that nastiness to his blocking? Will he be able to get that sub, uh, separation in the in the passing game right away? Because, you know, that that's an injury that taxes you. Um, core injury, you had to have surgery on it. So that's putting trauma on your body. You're going to be slow to recover. And then you come back and you're not as explosive or strong. So yep. I definitely you can't, agree. You can't do certain things in rehab with core injuries. Right, right. And that's just like, you basically have to like do nothing. Yeah, <laughs> like, because yep. you can't. The core is everything. Everything kind of starts from there. Yeah, it'll probably be uh, it'll probably be eight weeks before he feels close to a hundred percent. I would say. Yeah, six and weeks I, before he can he can start to think about coming back to playing, but uh, eight weeks before he's Alan Lazard again, I would say. And unfortunately, what does that mean? Now we're back to can MVS be who the Packers hope he could be? This is his time, bro. I, right. I think it Lazard is. Lazard is out. Like, you're yeah. literally there's no, those targets could come to you. You need to catch those those gimmies. You, yeah. need to, you, need to, you need to make it happen. Like, right now, they need him more than anything. No, yeah, for sure. And I saw we elevated uh, Darius Shepard to the to the active roster. Yeah, pro um, he's tip be- for those fantasy people out there, deep league. Yeah, he's, uh, he's Shep, good. Shep, uh, don't be surprised. In a couple of weeks, he's getting between five to seven targets in this offense. No, I definitely I definitely agree. Him playing out of the slot, playing in the middle of the field and finding spots and zones, he's going to be really important for us. I also think that, you know, MVS, just because of the style of route runner he is, he doesn't he doesn't have like the full route tree. He doesn't play across the middle of the field as well as people like Alan Lazard do and 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 guys like Darius Shepard. So I think that we're gonna get some more tight end action in in the absence of Alan Lazard. We're gonna get yeah. you know, because Tay Tay's gonna come back and 
you know, maybe he, I think he plays Monday. I think he plays, I think he'll, he'll be back, but he's not, he's still not going to be a hundred percent. So we're going to have to spread the ball around a lot. So people you wouldn't normally expect to get, you know, Tanyan's not going to get three targets now. I think he gets maybe five or six. So if a, if a tight end. back too, I saw. Yeah, exactly. So, so we're going to see a little more Deguara. Yeah, we're going to see some weird stuff. Play. Maybe you see some more Sternberger. I yeah, agree. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, Shepard, they're going to need Shepard. Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> he loves Darius Shepard. Yeah, he does. I, wow. I saw the reports about him talking about wow. how awesome it is. Yeah. Talking about how he picks Davante Adams' brain every day and how he he was as productive of any player in camp, he said. Yep. Any yep. player, including Devontae. So I think that's that's cruel. And, and then he said something. When you hear this from a quarterback, these were his exact words. I trust him. Yep. <laughs> well, hey, if the quarterback says that, guess what? You're going to have some production. No, that's that's good. I yeah, you're going to get chances. Him. Yep. Yeah, because that means you're going to be where I want you to be when you're supposed to be there. Like I said, in a few weeks, don't be shocked if he's getting five to seven targets in this offense. Hell yeah, man. Kind of crazy. I mean, look, we're going into week four, and, and it, there are some coaches out there like the Adam Gases of the world that should be – they should already be fired. Right? <laughs> he should have never opinion. been hired. Like, I don't even know how he has a job, but, but – Continues that's a, to get them. That's another conversation. Right? right, privilege, privilege like a motherfucker. <laughs> I swear. Uh, whose seat is whose seat is hotter right now, Matt Patricia or Mike Zimmer? My answer to this question, when I when I saw this question posed, I laughed because it's it seems like it should be really easy. It's not. Matt Patricia has won nothing but a handful of games in his entirety as a head coach. We all know how the Lions organization operates. We none of the, none of us hold them in the highest of esteem. For some reason, despite the fact that Mike Zimmer has been really, really successful as a head coach and, and Minnesota's been in the conversation for playoff spots and they've won playoff games and they've knocked off higher seated opponents like the Saints and they've they've done these great things. He's the one who's in the hotter seat just because Minnesota is a smarter organization and when stuff starts to go bad. They, they will make a change and try to fix it. Even though Matt Patricia, in my mind, again, one of those guys who maybe shouldn't even have the job at all before this season starts, much less after an 0-3 start. He's um, not good. But no, Patricia is 1-2 and, and Mike Zimmer is 0-3. Oh, yeah. That's I don't know. The more, the more I watch them, the more I watch the Vikings, it's like, okay, the defense starts taking a step back. And I'm like, uh-oh. Uh oh, because that's his calling card. If your defense is not performing, you're this old school ass head coach, right? That can't get the offense right. Yeah. When does Minnesota start thinking about, man, we got Cook locked up. We we just drafted this young wide receiver that just shown potential star power last week. Yeah. When does Minnesota say we need our young coach of the future? We need somebody because if Zimmer can't give you the the defense, he damn sure ain't going to fix the offense. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's what I'm saying. So he's definitely in the hotter seat of the two, despite the yeah, fact that. I just and, think about it. I'm like, which, like you said, it kind of seems like it should be the other way around because Patricia is horrible. Right. Like he probably should already be fired. But if I'm the Vikings, that's a talented roster. They've also they, dealt with a lot of a lot of attrition, though. They've lost a lot. They of did. Really, really good they players, did. Though. And they go out and, and they go get Yannick and Doc. 
Blackway, trying to pair him with Daniil Hunter, and here it is today. Report comes out, Hunter could be done for the season. Right. That's the problem is, is like, if you think about it, I just think back to the Vikings of a few years ago who had like one of the best defenses in the NFL. They neglected to pay a couple of those key guys. They had guys like Xavier Rhodes who were all pro players, and then they took a huge step back and struggled, and they've gotten rid of him, and then they've gotten rid of Stephon Diggs, who now you've seen that they've needed him a lot more, and then Jeff is feeling really a number one. We've asked that question on this podcast, and I don't know, man. I think we we all underrated, and in I would say in every respect, underappreciated Stefan. Yeah, we they did. yep we underrated the impact that him leaving would have because Stefan Diggs is. I mean, people called him Baby Antonio Brown when he first came to the league. Like he, yeah, he, he runs he showed up. Routes. Look, look what's yeah. happening in Buffalo. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's you're a star you're reaping there. those benefits with yep. Josh Allen as a fantasy quarterback. Yeah, his start has been oh, well. I guess that's been a, a surprise, but also kind of like one that people thought might happen. Maybe not to this extent. And I predict that they're going to take a step back at some point on offense. They're not going to continue to, he, uh, his turnover numbers are going to go up. He's not going to complete as many passes throughout the whole season, but yeah, man, uh, it, it helps to have a guy who runs routes at the, one of the highest levels in the league. Yeah. And when you think a route runner, he, he's like, I think a Tay, and especially when he was in the North, it was like Tay and Diggs were like the best route. Runner. I mean, Absolutely. Thielen's disgusting with the routes too, but like now that he's getting consistent double teams and stuff, he's not producing, man. Right. Well, cause with Thielen, he's not he's not the fastest guy in the world either. So Diggs, he's not Diggs, slow though. No, he's not slow, but he's not he's not as fast as Diggs. He's not as fast no, as Diggs. No, but he's still and, in that four four. I would right. think range. So let's think. But this. Diggs like have, a four three dude. Right. So if you have two guys who run routes at the same level, but one is a tenth of a second faster, the yeah. impact is going to be just different. It's going to be yeah. different. He's got an Thielen was getting steps. a lot of one on ones. Right. Even when he was killing, when they were both together, they would double. They would double Diggs. Yeah. Or right? he's getting. The, or he's getting the worst of the two corners or yeah. he's getting yeah. the nickel corner or whatever, you know? I don't oh, know. Yeah, you ain't seeing that, man. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I'd be worried about that. So, I don't know. I think I, I'm with you, man. I think Zimmer's seat is, is hotter, but Patricia's probably should be just as hot. Yeah, they both, they're both in trouble. Let's just put it that way. They're both actually, and if Chicago starts to regress to the mean and lose some of these close games and all of a sudden we're looking at, you know, four and five in, in you know, six weeks, like that's going to be an issue too, which I don't think they'll do that because their defense is going to keep them in games. I'm just saying none of the three head coaches outside of LaFleur is in a super secure place and all of them have a good reason why. So Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens, man. What you got for me? Bold predictions going into week four. I mean, we got the Falcons coming in. You know what Julio does to the Packers. So anything can happen with Julio coming to town. You got the Vikings taking on Deshaun and the Texans. That could get ugly. But any bold predictions going into week four? Yeah, bold predictions. Um, I would say, let me let me think on it real quick. I would say that the Bengals get their first win this this week over the Jaguars that's one bold prediction that's out of our that's out of our division I just wanted to say that because I've been I've been looking at it a little bit and then I think that the Lions could beat the Saints man I don't know. The Lions could beat the Saints. Ooh, that means they would go to two and two. I think the Lions could Saints beat the Saints. Saints would be one and three, yep. which is kind of huge because going into the season, people had them pegged at like somebody that could make a run at the one or the two seed in the in a, in, in, the, in the NFC. So yeah. I like that. I like that as a bold prediction. Lions taking down the Saints. Yeah, I think it could happen. Um, I, I just think that the Lions, if their if their offense is rolling the way it could, and and a lot of their guys are healthy right now, Galladay's back. 
I just, I just see like if they, if they put it together and the Saints defense has not been incredible so far this year, you know, whoever, whoever Lattimore shades is, is one thing, you know, we just, we carved them up pretty good. So I don't, I don't know. I think the Lions could find some success against them and, and they're not a bad team. I mean, we were, they were up 14 to three on us when we played them and, and we ended up pulling out the win, obviously with, with some, some huge uh, runs by Aaron Jones and stuff like that. But I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Bold prediction. Shep goes for 100 on the Falcons. Ooh. I would love that. He's going to step right in. Darius Shepard, step right in, goes for 100. Goes for 100 on the Falcons, man. I just I just feel like, wouldn't that just be just, like, beautiful? It would. And, and you know, if there's a team you could do it on, it's down. You know, you bring up this practice squad guy that probably should have been on the 53 anyway, but he had such a crappy game last year that people hate him, but he's mm-hmm. really good <laughs> dude and it's funny because him and tyler irvin are really similar in a lot of ways very similar um, they're weapons right mm-hmm. so he's a weapon players. he's a weapon mm-hmm. and that's why i want people like i said it could be a couple weeks away but we're talking bold predictions right, right now so i'm gonna say that Darius shepherd goes for 100 yard receiving against atlanta Falcons. Another another big one. Don't expect don't, don't expect nothing less but fireworks with the falcons and the packers game though i'll tell people that the Falcons are going to put up probably yeah, 24 to 30 going, or yeah. more. Yeah. Or more. I have a feeling it's going to get ugly. I have yeah. a feeling it's going to get ugly. So, I don't know. Oh, what's the over for that game? Put, add add more. A lot more. <laughs> over that. <laughs> yeah, over that. Yeah. You know, right. So, I, I would say that. Let me look you, and see you, you what kinda, the over you is, kinda, actually. You kind of talked about the Bears, right? Maybe regressing to the mean. When you look at a lot of the contender or pretender, uh, or pretender predictions out there, a lot of times the Bears fall into that. But like I said earlier, to me, I think three and zero is three and zero. They got a good defense. I think if they get stable quarterback play, I, I always thought they could be a problem. Do you really think you know we're going into week four? If they if they win, they'll be four and zero quarter of the season. Do you think the Bears end up making the playoffs? Yeah, if if they win this week against the Colts. If they win this week, then I think that they are, they have a really high chance to, to get one of those playoff spots. We do have an extra playoff spot right this year. So I would say that the Bears would be for firmly in the running for for a spot if they win this week. Starting 4-0 is just really hard to mess up. I would, I yeah, would I would think so too, man. Well, we coming down to our two-minute drill. It's time for some quick gems. Nick P, can the Vikings bounce back from an 0-3 start? That's a tough one, man. Uh, I think... I think it's, this is not the week for them to think about a bounce back. It's going to be a rough one. So uh, <laughs> they get Deshaun and the Texans. So. Yeah, they can they can bounce back. They have the players. They have some of the things. Dalvin Cook is just incredible. They definitely, he obviously deserved his money, right? He's literally oh, yeah. their best player. So. Oh yeah, he deserved it. And, yep. and you could argue he deserved a couple more. Million. He probably should have got some old pennies. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they can, they can. I just do not think it's happening against Houston this week. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a tough one. Is Jimmy Graham back? No, Jimmy Graham benefited from no one thinking Jimmy Graham at all. No one was watching Jimmy Graham, and then Jimmy Graham <laughs> caught a couple of passes, which he he would have dropped them if he was still playing for us. <laughs> uh, so no, Jimmy Graham is not back. Jimmy Graham had a good day. Yeah, yeah, he's got a few touchdowns the fat the past couple of weeks. You know, so it's definitely. And we've been going fantasy heavy today, which I actually really like because there's a lot of fantasy unknowns going on and, and a lot of people searching, right? Like, uh-oh, fantasy, oh, 
my tight end might be hurt or I got Kelsey and, you know, who, oh, no, I got this, you know, who I'm going to play. So, right. John Smith or, or one of the, you know, you, yeah. you might have, a you know, one of those players. I don't know if he's a must start in fantasy just yet. And I'm definitely not on the Jimmy Graham as back bandwagon yet. So. Yeah, no, I agree for sure. Bro, AP is now RB1 in Detroit. Carryon Johnson is RB2 and Swift is RB3. Is Swift a bust? I don't say Swift is a bust. Only reason why is because running back is a, is a tough position to come in and blow it up right away. We see people sometimes need a year or two. I didn't think he was going to come in because Detroit doesn't have the O-line play or and they haven't had a 100-yard rusher in, in I don't even know how many ages. So I'm not I'm not thinking that Swift is a bust. Also, AP's a machine, man. He's been doing this for forever. This is what he does. He did this with Washington, too. He comes Shout in. Shout out to AP. Hell yeah, man. I All mean, day. he tore us up for so many years, but the respect we have for that man is, is just insane. So It doesn't surprise me we at all. We talked about it, man. I we, we posed this in one of our quick gems before on the pod and, and said, will AP be RB1 in Detroit? And not many people thought he would be, but now he is. AP yep. is an RB1 again in the NFL. All and day. In the and in the north so i just think that's pretty cool yeah mvp rogers or wilson oh man this is tough i I think it's hard to root against i think it's hard to root against wilson man he's what he's doing is just nuts if you look at his completion percentage you look at his accuracy on downfield throws like russell the fact that he's never had an mvp vote in his career is strictly because of timing he's gone up against guys who have had literally epic NFL record setting seasons it feels like so he's he's been unlucky this year he looks like he's on a tear and they look like they're ready to let him just loose Wilson right now for me Rodgers and the whole Packers offense is is better than Seattle's but uh but Wilson's playing like the better like the best quarterback in the league right now you know what I think is asinine it's like I, it still blows my mind when I even I just thought about it again and it blew my mind he's never he's never received a single vote for the MVP. Single one. That's insane. Not even one. Insane. How does that happen? Yeah, man. I think, again, man, it's just he's unlucky because he'll be like that third guy in the one? race. Yeah, not third even or fourth. one vote? I like, know, man. I know. I'm just like, whoa, like y'all really don't like Russ. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I think they get so caught up in like other guys like Mahomes and Lamar, which I, I'm not taking away from either of them. They deserve their MVPs and Matt Ryan a few years back and like guys who had just like really explosive seasons and were like media darlings got all the love. But dude, Russ has very not even quietly. Russ has very loudly been playing like a top five quarterback in the league since We're his first or second season in the NFL. Yeah, He's crazy. incredible. So. It's crazy. I, I just, it still blows my mind, man. Shout out to Russell Wilson. We got love for you, man. We got love for you here on the Kings of the North podcast. Well, I mean, we we did it, Nick P, man. Any, any It's last call, bro. Any parting shots, anything you want to leave the people with? Otherwise, man, want to wish you a happy birthday. I know Thanks, you, got, you got a family gathering. About to, you and the family about to get together safely and, you know, do, do, do some things, enjoy each other's company. Yeah, yeah, we got the nacho bar popping off at the crib for some family and friends. Um, I'm about to go pick up some of my notorious, uh, infamous blended whiskey shortly here. So, you know, I, you know, I'm about to the blended. <laughs> you know, I'm about to get real, real wild and oily in this joint. So, the, the blended whiskey. <laughs> That's where all my best predictions come from is a blended whiskey. <laughs> Or if you're wrong, blame it on the blended whiskey. No, yeah, you can't be wrong because you was almost right, so you could have been wrong when you were wrong. But if I was wrong, I could have been right, you know? (laughs)
Shout out to everybody. Happy birthday to you, man. This has been